Hey everyone, welcome to Ask Me Anything. My name is Matt Love, and uh, we have a great episode for you today. Um, over the past 20 years, Pastor J.D. has tackled lots of difficult questions from the pulpit. So, we started thinking, um, why don't we just share some of that original teaching that he's done in that environment with you here on the podcast as a way uh, to answer some of the difficult questions that you might be asking. Last week, Pastor J.D. answered the question, is it okay to get divorced? And today is part two of that question, and, and we're talking about how does God see me if I'm divorced? So here we go. Let's dive in. Let's join Pastor J.D. for his thoughts from God's word about his love and compassion for you. If I am divorced and I'm remarried, I want to end on how does God see me now? Let me just say what I said at the beginning, Okay. Divorce is not the unforgivable sin. In fact, look at Jeremiah chapter three, verse eight. God says, God says, for all her adulteries, I gave faithless Israel a certificate of divorce. God has the audacity to call himself a divorced person. God puts himself in the company of the divorce. If I were to ask all divorced people in this room to stand up and God himself were here, God would stand up in that number. Now, of course, there was no sin on his side of the divorce and maybe there was sin on yours. See, the point is in the cross and resurrection, Jesus puts away the sin done by you. In the resurrection, he overturns the sin done to you. You see, at the cross, the cross, Peter says, he bore our sins, our sexual sins, our marriage sins, our anger sins, our abuse sins. He had bore them in his own body on the cross. And when we believe that Jesus died for us, God transfers our sin to Jesus. If we confess our sins, just confess them. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That promise is for you, brothers and sisters. The resurrection is God overturning the curse of death and destruction brought on by our sin and infusing the power of new life into the dead tomb of a broken heart. The empty tomb is the answer for the empty soul that has been ravaged by divorce. By the way, I just feel a special word for some people out there, somebody out there going through real marriage trouble right now. I just wanna tell you that God is gonna do something amazing in your marriage. If you will trust him and you will give him time, he is going to do something amazing in your marriage that's gonna make it far stronger and more beautiful than anything you have ever imagined. Better than when you were newlyweds. I'm not saying that is for everybody, but I'm saying it's for someone. If some of you know, I'm talking to you. Maybe you're sitting here right now, realizing you've made terrible mistakes in that process. Maybe you've even committed terrible sins. Friend, you can't change that. But the good news of the gospel is that those mistakes don't mean that God is done with you or that he cannot touch even that part of your life with blessing. But can I show you something real awesome? All right, here's we close. In Matthew's recording of Jesus's genealogy, Matthew 1, Matthew 1 was Jesus's 23 and me deal. He shows us that a number of the relationships in Jesus's ancestry were compromised to say it politely. Sexual sin. Jesus was the product of sexual sin. Broken marriages. One of Jesus's great grandmother was a former prostitute. 
And all these things, by the way, they were terrible. They were painful. And I'm not trying to make light of them. Yet out of all that mess, all that sin, all that pain, God brought forth Jesus. What is the point of that? I mean, God could have chosen like a perfect, you know, perfect family, perfect family, perfect family, perfect family. This is my perfect Messiah. One of those relationships Matthew points to as part of Jesus' ancestry was David and Bathsheba. Think about the brokenness and the tragedy surrounding that relationship. David sleeps with Bathsheba, then has her husband killed. Y'all, you do not get more severe marital brokenness than that. Yet after David repented, God not only forgave him, God brought forth from David and Bathsheba, Solomon, the king that would be the wisest and richest king who would build the temple that Israelites would point back to for years as evidence of God's goodness. From Solomon's loins, ultimately would come the Messiah himself, Jesus. What's all that mean? I agree with Tim Keller. What does this mean other than that God is trying to say to all of us, I love redeeming the worst situations. I love redeeming the hardest cases. Go ahead, try me. God can bring beauty and redemption even out of your biggest mistakes if you trust it to him. And he said, well, wait, J.D., wait, but my spouse hurt me. They hurt me bad. They took me from me some things that I'm never gonna get back. It's not fair. It's not fair that they don't have to pay for their sin or that you try to tie all this up with a Bible bow. They seem to have gotten off scot-free. It's hard for me to handle that. Is there no justice? Oh, friend, there is. And I'm not trying to be lighthearted about your pain or the injustice that happened to you. I always think about Uriah in this situation. Uriah, if you don't know that name, Uriah was Bathsheba's husband. Honorable and loyal, not a negative word said about him. Then betrayed by David, whom he trusted and murdered. What you'd imagine after all this has gone down, Uriah's been murdered. He's up in heaven watching things unfold on earth. And he's like, God, no, wait, no, no, no. You're blessing David and Bathsheba? You're blessing them with Solomon? And, and he gets to be an ancestor of Jesus? David slept with my wife and murdered me. I imagine if that conversation took place, I imagine that God may have pulled Uriah over to the side and given him a vision of a mysterious man hanging on a cross one day. And he says to Uriah, that man on that cross is gonna pay not just for David's sin against you, he's gonna pay for your sin against me. And because of that one, both of you guys are gonna be able to be with me in heaven for eternity. And Uriah probably said, well, who is it on the cross, Lord? Who is it? Who is it that's gonna pay for sin? And God says, that's Jesus that was coming. Not just David's son, he's my son. He's the son who suffers for David's sin and he suffers for yours. And after he dies for that sin, I'm gonna bring his dead body back to life to show that I can overturn every cursed thing for good, even this unjust, unjust tragedy in your life. You're still writing things down, write this down. In the cross, we find forgiveness for the sins done by us and healing for the ones done to us. On this part of our lives, in this part of our lives, as with all others, we're gonna be able to say one day, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved an unfaithful wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see the Lord. The Lord, even now in the midst of that divorce, in the midst of that injustice, the Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope secures. He will for right now and forever, my shield and portion be as long as life endures. 
Well, there you have it. Uh, Just another great biblical teaching on the question of divorce from Pastor J.D. And as you know, you can always find more teaching from Pastor J.D. at his website, which is jdgreer.com. Always remember, Greer is with two E's and one R. I never heard of anybody else spelling their name like that, so you got to keep track keep track of that. jdgreer.com. You'll find countless articles, audio broadcasts, video teaching, and of course, any of the Ask Me Anything podcasts we've ever recorded. And the best news is, it's all free, so check it out today, jdgreer.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time here on Ask Me Anything when we have a very, very special guest joining JD to answer another difficult question. <laughs>